following is paid programming and is operated and produced independently. The current views and opinions expressed belong solely to the operators and do not represent the views or opinions of Family Flavors, the Slide WBN Inc., its affiliates, its sister companies, or respective companies which these individuals are affiliated or have been previously affiliated. The program's participants, opinions, and content are based upon information they consider reliable, but neither Family Flavors to Slide WBN Inc. nor its affiliates warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be considered as such. All rights to the media broadcasted on this platform belong solely to the copyright owners of said media. Family Flavors to Slide WBN Inc. and its affiliates do not make claims to own the media broadcasted on our network. Again, as we come in to bring great human beings to you to talk about what's happening in this wonderful community that we call Colorado Springs and the Pikes Peak region, you are on the Be Encouraged Show with Frank Sinclair. As always, want to remind you that I am the Chief Encouragement Officer for Dream Again Business Consulting, where we help to bridge the gap between discouragement and hope. If you're looking for someone that can help get your biggest obstacle to business out of the way, yes, you see it every morning in the mirror, then give me a call at 719-373-7115, and we will help you with that. Also, we want to make sure that you know to pick up a copy of our books, Dream Again, Lessons on Leveraging Your Pain. Your Personal Life Coach, and on September 15th, our next book drops, Your Personal Business Coach, available to you on Amazon, yours truly. My wife would be very glad if you bought some of those. So <laughs> there we go, trying to help us move ourselves and our businesses forward. I want to remind you here at Family Flavors, the slide where we do our weekly show that we have slipping and sliding through Sand Creek backpack giveaway on august 10th through 30th i guess is happening right now right producer yep if they need backpacks full of school supplies for their kids just reach out to the station give us a call stop by all those ways stop by in case you didn't hear her stop by give them a call backpacks for school also town hall meeting volume two is happening on september 18th give them a call here and they can fill you in hope homeless not hopeless, near and dear to my heart. I was homeless, suddenly, and hopeless. Now I'm neither. So <laughs> that's a good thing. And they have volume nine happening October 23rd, sliding through Hell's Kitchen premiere at Bunsy's. Give them a call on that as well. Lots of things happening at this incredible nonprofit that we call Family Flavors to Slide. Our show is available live, so you can give us a call at 719-300-7936 if you want to talk to one of these wonderful people that we have in studio today and we have are you guys nonprofit as well yeah. say yes yes yeah. nonprofit as well yeah so we're in a nonprofit studio talking to incredible nonprofit humans today so I want each of you instead of me trying to remember because it's an over 60 thing that we I don't remember nothing and I can do it legally so 
<laughs> I call my wife baby so I don't mess up, right? So <laughs> she's used to that. So we're going to go around the table today. And quite frankly, I knew the organizations that were coming today, but wasn't didn't necessarily know who was going to represent them. And we got, we got some big names here today. Jason, introduce yourself. Tell us who you're representing and just a tad bit about your organization. Well, Frank, thank you so much for being here. I'm Jason DeBueno. I'm the president and CEO of Silver Key. And I would take a little bit of offense to being over 60 and forgetting when reality is people have great competence, great capacity, great energy, 60 and above. And uh, anyway, that's what I represent as Silver Key Senior Services here in Colorado Springs. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> well, I have offended my first guest, so we'll just continue around the table. He, he, was, he was pretty excited about debunking the fact that I don't remember nothing. But oh, Okay, all righty. So I take that back. Sweetheart, I hope you're not listening to the show because Jason is trying to remove every excuse that I have in our communication. But anyway, hey, it's good seeing you. You're such an amazing human. So tell people who you are. Well, thanks for saying that. I appreciate I paid you to say that. But uh, Kate Haddon, I'm the executive director of Homefront Military Network. We assist service members, veterans, and families throughout Colorado. Indeed. Uh, Say that one more time. Homefront Front. Military Network. That's right. Wasn't it called something else before? We are a product of a merger between the Homefront Cares and Peak Military Care Network. So oh, my. We do the mission of both organizations in a more streamlined and effective way now. Oh, wow. That's cool. Wow. We love Streamline. And if you're a nonprofit, you better be effective. Right? So, Amen Kate Hatton, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we're glad that she's here. As we work our way around the table, introduce yourself to us, Tommy. Uh, my name is Tommy Liddell. Um, thanks, Frank, for the invite with everyone else here. I work for Pikes Peak Hospice. I am the veterans liaison there. So um, along with my director and the rest of our team, I assist with anything and everything that our veterans need while they are on service with us or potentially on service and even ones that will not be on service with us. Um, anything from navigating VA to sitting down and having a conversation, um, bedside salutes, pinning ceremonies, just anything that just shows our appreciation to vets. I've been a vet myself. Yeah, and thank you for your service, my friend. My pleasure. As a fellow veteran myself as well, Tommy Liddell, thanks for being here. Uh, I just got an opportunity to meet this young lady for the first time this morning, uh, the incredible Marsha. Don't be mean to me, Unruh. So, uh, Marsha. <laughs> I'll try not to be mean to you. Frank. Thank you, thank you. Very sensitive. So introduce yourself, young lady. Um, thanks. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. I'm Marcia Unruh. I'm the program manager at the Independence Center for Veteran in Charge, and it is a program to keep veterans in their home and community um, getting appropriate services and supports for as long as needed. And I'm going to throw out the age thing here, Jason. So my youngest veteran is 27, and my oldest veteran is 103. Oh, I'm sorry, 100. Nope, 103. 103 years old. 103 years old. Oh, my. Boy, I sure would love it. Solid can hold conversations Mm, well still. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. yeah. So would that be World War II? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I have wow. a, a, several World War II veterans on our program, uh, and we serve 20 counties. So we're we're not just in the Pikes Peak region. We go down into the San Luis Valley, um, out to Kansas, up into Park, um, and then also Southern Denver. 
Mm-hmm. And then the independent center as a whole um, serves anybody with a disability. So we're talking deaf, hard of hearing, blind, low vision, physical disabilities, any mental health um, conditions, those kinds of things. Oh my! All right, what great coverage! Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I didn't. You're the organization I knew the least about coming in this morning, and we'll circle back in a moment because I want you to really kind of unwrap uh, for our community. Why is it called an independent center, uh, et cetera? Some history about your fine organization and all the great things it's doing. D, yes, indeed. First person that I reached out to and really kind of, Tommy and her are kind of brainchild behind this this morning, yes. pulling all these great organizations. Tell us a little bit about you, my friend. So my name is Dee Licona, and I'm the Director of Business Development for Pikes Peak Hospice and Palliative Care. Um, We are actually the leading hospice organization in the Springs. We've been here 42 plus years now. We are the only non-for-profit organization as well. And I believe we are the only ones who have a dedicated veteran liaison um, to service our veteran community. And as Tommy said, as well as our active military. Oh, wow. 42 years. So people know hospice. What is palliative care? So I always say palliative care can never be hospice, but hospice can be palliative care. Mm. Uh, On palliative care, you do, you're able to receive any aggressive treatment or what we call curative treatment. Um, You're able to still be around all of your providers and physicians in the community. And it's more of a consult basis when it comes to appointments. Mm. Um, And where hospice, we have a whole team approach of care and it's for comfort, for symptom management, versus um, managing any treatment symptoms. So Mm. a patient that is going through chemo, radiation, dialysis, those are the patients that we can support under palliative care because we help manage all those side symptoms from their treatment in their home setting. Wow, Uh, that seems like a a great and holistic approach to really taking care of people. I I brag about the Pikes Peak region and about our forward-looking ability to take care of one another here. And these organizations really are front and center at taking care of people. Uh, Jason, circling back to you and talking about care, and since you are so sensitive about old people, um, <laughs> old people, there's all kinds of names that we can choose. Experience, experience, yeah. wise, yeah. wisdom, whatever. Yeah. 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 I am one, so you know, I think I get to be able to pick my own yeah, label, right? Right, yeah. So, uh, since I am one of those, I've had the opportunity to work with Silver Key. Uh, we just put on a, a summit a little while ago where both Jason and I spoke and uh, had an opportunity to do a keynote address for. Uh, that summit as well. You guys are all in common. Give us a little bit of background about Silver Key. Yeah, so Silver Key is 50 years plus in the community, and uh, with that has been primarily known uh, for the Meals on Wheels program, certainly is one of our key uh, service areas, but we also have transportation. So many of the vehicles that you see throughout the community is in our reserve and ride program, making sure that people have access to services across um, the community, make sure that we can keep people healthy and well as possible. We also have a very comprehensive behavioral health team with clinicians, case managers, uh, advocates that move forward to be able to support people who uh, 
uh, struggle with being able to navigate through systems that are very challenged for older adults. Uh, we're very excited about um, a program that was funded a, a couple of years ago called the VETS program, uh, Veterans Engaging Together. And with that program, we take both younger uh, vets and older vets and actually put them together to be able to be a companion program. And uh, that's worked out exceedingly well to be able to make sure that the culture of uh, veteran service is really understood, appreciated, and, and helped to guide in supporting uh, individuals that we serve. We primarily serve uh, older adults and we don't categorize that by a specific age. Uh, some people that we have in service now are at 40. Uh, some go all the way up to 100 plus. So the whole range is there that we serve across our key um, areas. The other piece that you may or may not be aware of is that we do have a thrift store here and uh, that actually remained functioning and operational throughout uh, the pandemic. The reason being is because one of the major supports we bring to the community is durable medical equipment through our thrift store. And that's been a real important piece for people transitioning out of hospitals, that type of thing. So I'll stop there. That's that's kind of who we are. Yeah, I noticed how you pointed to Tommy when you said younger veterans and <laughs> back at me when you said older veterans. Was that, that, was that obvious? That, yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, right. That's a, what, what was that? Tell that to my bones in the morning. Tell it to your yeah. bones. Okay, all right. Older veteran, yeah. younger veteran. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, one thing that really, because I'm, I'm really into story brand. Because to me, story is the new way of showing up, really, and creating connections, whereas uh, the old uh, style of connecting with people, we go and we start talking, typically during the course of a day. I come and I say, Jason, tell me your story. And then they start telling me where they work and how long they've been there and what they've done before. And I say, I don't want your resume. I want your story. Now, that's different. It really is, and it shows up differently because it's engaging. It's inspiring. You do I know uh, what's my friend that's the uh, uh, chief strategic? Uh, Derek. Derek Wilson loves to tell the story about the formation of Silver Key which to me is incredibly inspiring. Could you sum that up for us? Yeah, sure. So uh, Colorado Springs is an interesting community. When uh, individuals had tuberculosis and were moving into the community, uh, what happened frequently is the treatments that were happening external from Colorado, um, it was recognized that because of the air quality, the altitude, people were getting probably better care for TB. So they ended up moving into the community. And in that case, many started moving into skilled nursing facilities because they didn't have family support here, but they wanted to be able to have a better health condition for their breathing. With that, there was uh, three women who decided that people moving into the community and having nobody to connect with was probably a bigger challenge than the respiratory issues because connection is such a human gift that we have and for that reason that's when they established the first companion uh, connection point for volunteers outreaching and connecting with individuals in skilled nursing facility and through that name the um, the silver key name came forward from there and it's continued to build off that legacy to make sure that the key port the key part of what we do is build connections and relationships with the people we serve and we do that through food transportation and then that case management advocacy connection here we go that's where the silver and the key came from back during the tv days and people were coming here because it was a uh, uh, thought to be a very 
good place for uh, tuberculosis victims to come and be healed. I remember it's still down the waters in Manitou and, and those things, do a little bit of that history myself. And, and thank you. Uh, Kate, I'm going to pose the same uh, question to you. Give us a little bit of history about the organization that you serve. Sure. Uh, again, as I mentioned, we're a merger of two organizations who uh, have a hit long history. The Homefront Cares was founded by two great community leaders, Bob Carlone and Joe Hengem, mm-hmm. who really had a heart for serving uh, our military and veteran community. And really the, the focus was on emergency financial assistance, making sure families were made whole um, as they served, and, and really making sure that, that they were a Vietnam generation and, and, and wanted to be make sure that people were welcomed home in a way that they maybe weren't. So that's a big part of what that mission was. Um, And then the collaboration side from Peak Military Care Network really came out of, and and every agency at this table is a home front military network partner agency. The goal is how do we work together? So really around, you know, providing that support and assistance and coming together to um, not only provide financial assistance, but that community connection is key, key, making sure that people who don't know how to, or new to this community, military folks move here without their family supports. And so, as Jason alluded to, that family support system is important and this community support system is important. So how do we make sure our community can wrap our arms around service members, veterans, and families? Right on. How do we do that and how do we do that well? Thank you so much. I, I just get chills talking to you guys because, you know, sometimes in the heat of work, we fail to realize just how important this is and how many people are being touched because you guys get up every day and your organizations get up every day and provide this for other human beings. So I can't thank you enough. It feels like I'm signing off, but I'm barely just getting charged up. So, <laughs> Tommy, do you, uh, same to you, and you don't have to move that mic a lot because it really picks up well, but um, I, I know you're relatively new. I am. You are. Can I circle over to D sure. and talk about a little bit of historical space that Bikes Peak Hospice and palliative care provides? Yes. So, um, it came with recognizing a need for end-of-life care. Um, we started with one office manager, one RN case manager, um, and really it was the community. There was a need for end-of-life care, quality end-of-life care, providing that service where the patient wants to be. Most patients want to be in their home towards end-of-life, yes. and their wish is met. Um, they need education. It's something that we will all go through, but we don't really talk about as a community. Um, Anywhere in America. It's very true. Um, There's a lot of hospice myths on what hospice used to be when it first came about. Hospice was about for mainly cancer patients. Yes. Um, And it has evolved so much Mm. throughout the community. It continues to evolve, you know, as new therapies come into play. Um, so it started with just a basic need for to be at bedside when somebody is towards the end of their days. Yes, and Pikes Peak Hospice specifically, you remember how long ago it was that you guys got cranking? Yes, yeah, so we um, became, we started in 1972, but we didn't become an actual hospice organization until 1980 when Medicare was an actual benefit for hospice. Ah. So prior for that, it was all volunteer work. All volunteer. So um, really, this is your 50th anniversary. Yeah. This year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Happy anniversary yes. <laughs> to you. 
it's, um, it's really wonderful to be in this community and to have the legacy that Pikes Peak Hospice and Palliative Care does. Yes, indeed. And Lee herself is relatively new to community as well. Uh, Tommy, you've been here a little bit. Off and on since 2001. 2001, yeah, yeah. So 19, well, that's over 20 years, 21 years, yeah. Yeah, this is next year will be my 40th year here in the community. So longer than you and you have been alive. <laughs> I don't know. Marsh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm with Jason. <laughs> well, what we're going to do, we're going to go on break here for a moment, and we'll come back and we'll connect with you, Marcia, on the Independence Center, giving us a little bit of history, background about the great work that you're doing. Once again, you're listening to the Be Encouraged Show with Frank Sinclair on Motivation Monday, as we're here with incredible nonprofits and organizations talking about how they serve well. We'll be right back. Another Life Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping those battling with mental illness and suicidal behaviors. Do you need to talk to someone? Our organization has recently received a grant to offer five free therapy sessions to eligible community members. If you live in the Fountain, Security, Widefield, Stratmore, Manitou Springs, and Monument areas, you may qualify for free therapy sessions. Even if you don't live in these areas, our network of counselors and therapists accept cash and most insurances. Don't suffer in silence. Schedule your appointment today. You can reach us at anotherlifefoundation.com or call us at 719-216-7238. Mental health is wealth. Yeah. Feel like I'm going through midlife. Excuse me. On Mondays at 10:30 a.m., yeah. join me, Rachel Stovall, for Rachel's Roundtable, featuring community conversations plus all your favorite soul music from back in the day. Your favorite community my... advocate will energize you during our Motivation Monday segment. We'll catch you up on the trends and headlines from all around our community and even the country. And we'll introduce you to movers and shakers that you need to know. Everybody wants to jam to, learn from, or join in at Rachel's Roundtable on Family Flavors, the Slide World Broadcast Network. Call in at 719-300-7936. Are you on the list to come talk? No, I don't think I am. Okay, I have Lisa. When times get tough and it seems like the odds are constantly stacked against you, wouldn't it be a blessing to know that you had an ace in the hole? Ladies and gentlemen, consider yourselves anointed because you can always bet on ace pawn and loans to have your back when difficult times attack. Are you down in your luck? Well, come on down and get the best bang for your buck. Ace Pawn and Loans is a family-owned and operated chain that has been servicing the people of Colorado Springs for over 40 years. Having been nominated and voted the best in Colorado Springs for four years running, Ace Pawn and Loan gives the ultimate attention to service and detail. Their staff at all three locations are impeccable and highly professional. Ace Pawn and Loan specializes in pawn loans, title loans, buying, selling, trading, check cashing, and money transfers. They even offer worldwide shipping. Ace Pawn and Loans is truly the best in the business. So make sure you contact the sincere patriots of pawnbroking and loans today. Trade today, get paid today. Catch the deals at three locations locally. 2339 Platte Place, 3060 South Academy Boulevard, 3638 North Academy Boulevard. Or find them on Facebook at Ace Pawn and Loans and tell them the slide sent you. 
And if you hear laughing in the background, it's because they're laughing in the background. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> so that's so much better than doing other things in the background, right? So yeah, we're here today with uh, five representatives from four great organizations on the front range. And March, I think we stopped with you, and we want to uh, re-engage here. Give us a little background on the Independence Center. Thank you. I gladly will. So um, Independence Center is, is actually a center for independence and uh, for independent living. And there are nine centers for independent living in the state of Colorado. They are nationwide. And we have been in the Pikes Peak region for 30 plus years. And we started as a home health agency. 
Uh, we still have that home health agency as part of the independent center. And then we became the Center for Independent Living um, a couple years after that. But the Center for Independent Living is really about keeping people in their communities with services that they need. And it's more than just, you know, we work with anybody with a disability, deaf, hard of hearing, uh, blind, low vision. I talked about that a little while ago. It's providing services for them, but also teaching them how to advocate and to feel empowered in their community. Because we have this medical model and the social model. And the medical model says, you know, we really want to fix whatever's wrong with you. You go to your doctors, you go to PT, you go to OT, you go to rehab, we'll give you some medication, this will make you feel better, or maybe make you make, make the community more accessible to you or whatever, you can do more. But we're looking at, you know what, the community needs to change. And we need to remove those barriers so that we can access services and supports in the community. And I think a good example of that is um, my brother Marty, who has a disability. Oh, he'd love it that I mentioned his name on the radio. <laughs> hey, Marty. Uh, like, hi, Marty. He's going to say hi to Marty. So um, we go to the same grocery store. We go to the same restaurant. We have the same doctor. We have the same dentist. Um, I don't want him to have to go to somebody else because he has a disability. So I want the people that are in our community to understand how to work with him and to to get remove or get rid of those barriers so he can access those services. So I think it's a lot, we do a lot of advocacy at the state level, we do advocacy at the federal level as well, but it's really about getting the community more accessible to everyone, if that makes sense. Well, it might. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does make sense. You know, your, your example really helped to unwrap it for me. Uh, I, I do have a follow-up question about that, though, because advocacy, I mean, at state level, whenever I hear legislation, it makes my, my stomach want to turn inside out. I know we can't do without legislation, but legislation is the slowest road to anywhere. Right? Anyone in here agree with me on that? Okay, two of us. But anyway, the rest of you can catch up later. <laughs> and because it's the slowest road to anywhere, how much of legislation is a part of the Independence Center? Um, we actually have um, someone that we work with, um, and we have, um, I don't remember her title exactly, but she works in the community. And she does go and talk to consumers, she talks to council folks, she talks to the state level to see what kinds of bills we can bring forward to help people access the community. And, you know, thinking about accessing the community, just think about the bus system itself. How often does it travel? Does it, is it every day in your neighborhood, seven days a week, 24 hours a day? Um, can you actually get on the bus if you use a wheelchair? Um, can you go down the sidewalk to get on the bus? if you have a wheelchair. So think about things like that, Absolutely. sort of making that entire community accessible. Yeah, it kind of falls in line well with independence. Yes. Yeah. And it's also about self-advocacy. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of my big pushes, and Kate knows this, is I really want to do something this coming year with advocating for your medical care. You know, how to, when you're in the hospital, and like right now with COVID, hospitals are overflowing with patients, they're releasing people that shouldn't be released because they don't have that safe access at home. They don't have all the services they need at home. 
So how do you advocate for your medical care? You know, no, I need this, this, and this. I need a wheelchair ramp, or I need home health care, or whatever before I'm released from the hospital, and I'm not gonna go until I get that. And so I think that's part of that the push with me this year is, is the medical piece, but it's also advocating at any level at the Independent Center for your needs. Absolutely. You wouldn't be passionate about that, would you? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, not, not at least bit. Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I talk about my veteran program? No, not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> but, yeah, because we'd be running into that 12 to 15 minute thing. You know I can talk but, five minutes to five hours. <laughs> so, we on. will come back to the veteran program because that seems to be a touch point for all of us. Because I was getting ready to unwrap that. Uh, but I was going to wrap with Tommy because Tommy hadn't gotten a lot of voice time on the mic today. Tommy, you are the veteran liaison for Pikes Peak Hospice and Palliative Care. What does that entail, my friend? Well, uh, my position was the brainchild of our lovely Dee Lacona here, <laughs> who worked tirelessly to convince um, our boards that we needed um, more veteran focus, which, I mean, we all know the area we live in, I mean, veterans are all around us. Um, we have easily 100,000 plus vets just in Springs alone. Um, and so Dee had the idea of having someone who could focus on providing what we provide to our other patients, but focus on our vets and making sure that our vets were taken care of because we are such a particular group of folks. Um, being a vet, I can say this, that, uh, we tend to stick to ourselves, tend to like things certain ways, tend to um, like being talked to certain ways, um, certain like our routines. Go. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so um, what I do with Dee's help is um, I provide that focus on our vets. So whether I house it earlier, if it's just um, talking, having conversations, we have a vet that uh, lives out on the Air Force Academy that just wanted somebody to talk to. So Dee and I went out there and um, we just had a conversation with him and his wife and he just wanted that. We help our family or our families that have vets and our vets themselves navigate the VA because I know firsthand the VA can be a beast and it can be very complicated and can be a pain to navigate. So I do my best to help families and patients understand that. Yeah. Um, we provide Yes. More or less <laughs> your favorite. Your favorite. Yeah, my favorite. Um, <laughs> We do um, acknowledgement ceremonies, such as like pinnings and bedside salutes. Um, I've done quite a few of those. Um, one of our more prolific ones we had was a patient that, um, she was in our IPU, our inpatient unit here at Penrose, and she was pretty much unresponsive up until the point, this day that we did this for her. Um, her family wanted some type of acknowledgement for her service. She was in the, a captain in the Army, she was part of the nursing corps. And, um, Went in, presented her with you know dog tags, uh, pinned a U.S. flag to her, uh, certificate that we print out for all of our vets, and um, the final thing I did for her was a salute, like a final salute, saying thank you from me to her, and I saluted her, and she saluted back. Oh, and wow. um, it gets wow. it gets D every time yeah. because <laughs> somewhere deep down is this little thing, just like yes, give me some sadness, give me some air, and waterworks start. But that was uh, a prime example of. Dee's idea and what it meant to make it come to fruition. Um, that wow. itself for me was, you know, is an honor to be able to do that because, again, as a vet, I understand that we don't get a lot of recognition. Some of us don't really care for it, but um, 
there are a lot of vets out there that just were never thanked. Just a simple thank you for what they've done, mm-hmm. whether you know they were in for a year or for forty years, doesn't matter. Um, and so Pikes Peak um, provides that provides that small acknowledgement just to say thank you and that we acknowledge what you've done, acknowledge your service, and that you're here with us and we're here for you. Yeah. And am I right in assuming though that your primary concern from a veteran standpoint is uh, last days of, uh, I mean, hospice, right? right? People that are dying, right? <laughs> and those are, the, that's the target market for, for whom you're... The majority of the vets that we service, yes, are on hospice because it's, they are living their last moments, their last days. And, but we <laughs> focus on making that as comfortable and as memorable for them and their families as possible. Oh, so, thank yeah. you for that. Of course. Yeah, my, yeah that makes me want to see it here. <laughs> hearing, hearing that story. I know you, you don't, you know, it's bringing you out of your, your lack of emotional shit all as well. So, <laughs> right, D? Yeah, yeah rocking him, yeah. baby. Yeah. D yeah. cries it yeah. up for the both I of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. Don't you ever stop. Yeah. Yeah. You're in an emotional space, yeah. young lady. Yeah. Don't I let Tommy <laughs> take that away. I have a huge heart for our veterans. Um, I come from a veteran community. I mean, family. Mm-hmm. So, veterans are dear to my heart. Um, at any time, 30 to 40% of our patients are veterans. Oh, my. And wow. it probably will continue to increase as our community ages, right? Yes. So what yes. better way to <laughs> honor them than through a dedicated veteran liaison? Yeah. yeah. Thank you for creating that space, Dee. That, yeah. that was wonderful of you to do. And that, that shows some real visionary thinking on your part. So thank you so much. Kate, as I switch over to you, um, help us understand some specific uh, pain points that you guys hit by existing and the values that you're bringing, value that you're bringing to our community. Uh, well, I think that's on multiple levels. From a collaborative standpoint, I think one of the things we want to do is sort of bring some order to the madness, for lack of a way to it. But there's a huge ecosystem of support, and it's overwhelming for folks. It's overwhelming for those trying to find assistance, and they don't know what the right fit is. It's overwhelming for partner agencies who are trying to serve, and, and, and you know they can meet certain needs, but when people have multiple needs, making sure that you all have the tools in their toolboxes to meet those needs. So really making, it, it's about information is power, mm-hmm. and giving people that information so that they can better serve. Um, from a direct assistance standpoint, uh, oftentimes, and, and someone else alluded to it, it's sometimes people just want to be heard. They want to yeah. know that there's support out there and they're lost. So if we can provide that just basic information, and yes, we get where you're coming from, and that cultural competence that we've all talked about it in certain ways, whether it's understanding veteran needs or needs of older adults or whatever the case may be, is really making sure that we understand and say we get it. We know that most of our team has you know, been there, done that, is a military spouse or a veteran, and so being able to kind of walk the walk. And, and so, but, but being able to really be that starting point. We can also help take some stress off families by providing emergency financial assistance. And that enables them to take that stress off and they're not worried about whether they're gonna get evicted next week. And then they can focus on the bigger picture issues, getting those VA benefits that they never applied for, getting care. Maybe they have their t- they're a caregiver for somebody. Maybe they never applied for VA benefits. Maybe they just um, need a job or maybe they need a better job or maybe whatever it is. Or again, just not, I don't know where to start. 
So that's kind of the, the I think our biggest way we help with the, that pain point, if you will, is really trying to be that information conduit and get people connected. And those who've reached out to us, between 90 and 95% say that they have improved opinions of community supports because they know there are people here to help. Wow, that's a big picture, isn't it, Jason? Mm -hmm. And talking about the work that uh, you guys are doing, Kate. So thank you so much uh, for that. Such broad scope of touch, really, mm -hmm. that's really <coughs> creating a lot of space for human beings in our community. Silver Key has been an impeccable, as far as I know. I haven't heard negative, so. Uh, Let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> impeccable uh, reputation in our city for what it does, how it touches our community um, uh, and the elderly particularly. So Jason, tell me, when I'm thinking about you, the CEO of Silver Key, which you are always reticent to say, which I don't get, but anyway, <laughs> it's almost like I, whenever I'm with you, I'm the one that's bragging about you. What's up with that? Right? <laughs> yeah, come out of your shell, brother. So <laughs> he's the CEO, CEO of a pretty big, stinking organization that's doing great things with great reach in our community. Why? Why, Jason? Why, why, why Jason? Daviano, did I say it right? Dia bueno. Good thing you're not in the South, man. Your family would be the only one getting your name right, right? So I'm just saying. Why are you at Silver Key? Well, let me share with you first, uh, Frank, <laughs> about my title in the organization. And whether my title is or isn't important, it was really not necessarily important to me. I am a native to Colorado Springs. I've uh, been involved with this community for a long time. And my, my great-grandmother and I used to take the Silver Key bus to the senior center. And that's where I first started volunteering at Silver Key. And so I was a volunteer ever since the, uh, the early 80s. And I continue to be involved with Silver Key um, as a volunteer and professionally throughout all these years. So it really is part of who I am. I, there's two places that I wanted to work in this community. I worked for many years at the mental health center, but I wanted to work either at Silver Key or uh, the PACE program, Rocky Mountain PACE. Mm. And the fact that I'm here, it's such a gift. I never want to take that for granted. And my title really means less than the fact that I'm part of this organization. It's been um, just so amazing. And through that, I'll share with you that um, when I became more involved with the organization in this role that I'm in, I learned that we serve 11,000 seniors at Silver Key in a lot of different ways. 25% of those individuals are veterans, similar to what Dee was saying, and it's a growing uh, population. And uh, with that, we are um, moving forward with what Kate and I were talking a little bit about is this housing issue is such a challenge in the community. And so I'm very pleased to say um, and very hopeful that we will continue to, to, to solve issues around housing for people. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to share that we have a 50-unit affordable housing project that was approved. 13 of those units will be uh, specific for veterans. And with that, we are just um, setting the stage, I believe, for us to continue to problem solve. Now, we know that there's 1,500 um, older adults that need support in housing. So 50 may not seem like the solution, but I think it starts. And 
little by little we'll continue to find that momentum forward and um, to answer your question more directly I'm just glad to be part of the process and any way that I can I really believe strongly that um, we should I think um, unfortunately much of the population that um, is in the uh, older adult senior category is a lost population there is a gift I think that the pandemic brought um, which may sound odd but it was it moved the invisible to visible and certainly yes. the older yes. adult community has become so visible about the challenges the level of need the capacity of of opportunity <laughs> when silver silver key didn't didn't close at all during the pandemic we actually revved up and we said we're going to do this based on the best traits of seniors which is resilient wise and adaptable and we took that in we moved it forward and through that i will tell you some of our um our folks that have been in care with us started knitting us um, masks and things like that and and there's a lot of um, people out there who just take in a lot of paper towels toilet paper hand sanitizer all this and we were getting more we had more on our shelves than walmart did <laughs> <laughs> because people that we cared for were caring about the organization said you need to be here it's important you stay and stay and keep your volunteers healthy and your staff healthy and i'm just so grateful for this community and, and I, I truly mean that the fact that i'm in a place like silver key is more than i can more than I ever imagined, and I just, I never want to take that for granted to answer yeah. your question. Absolutely. We're so glad to have you in the space that you are, um, and um, uh, your humility and your love for the Pikes Peak region, and that backstory really speaks a lot to why you are where you are, why who you are, who you are, <laughs> and the things that you're doing for our community. So thank you so much, Jason. We so appreciate that. D. Uh, and then we're going to hit D and, and Marsha. I want uh, you're so awesome that we just have to come back in to hit you every time, right? What a better way to start than Marsha Unruh, or a segment. So D, tell us what what creates a passion in you, my friend, about what? <laughs> why are you guys laughing? I was serious, Marsha Unruh. I loved it. <laughs> I just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> We're having more fun than six people should be allowed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so before we go out on break again, Dee, tell us because I'm so impressed with you, young lady. And you know, I know I'm going around throwing out a lot of compliments, but these are very deeply held compliments for me to you guys what you're doing in our communities and the space that you're creating. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You know, you came from Florida. You're here doing this work. Why? Um, that's, a, that's a really good question, and thank you. Um, you know, hospice and end-of-life care is such a unique part of healthcare. It's the only part of healthcare that puts it back to the patient. It's centered around the patient. Um, we ask the patient before we start any type of care what their goals are, um, how, you know, what are their wishes, and to have the ability to do that, to be able to um, be there, not just for the patient medically, but really there emotionally um, and support their loved ones as well, to walk them through that and see the impact that we make in that one person. It's um, 
it's what motivates me. It's what keeps me going. Um, and I really want the community to know that hospice is not a scary word. Um, we're there to support the patient, but then we're also there for the family. Um, we provide resources outside of our reach as well. We never turn anyone down for care if they need us. So if there is no Medicare in place or there is no insurance and the patient and family need us, we will do that 100% charity. Um, and that, that means a lot as well, to work that for an organization yes. that can do that. Yes. yes. Indeed. Indeed. You know, the places that we operate, place that you are, I'm, the, you know, I'm on the board of directors for Ithaca, in case, I hope you guys know that organization, they provide 100 home, I mean, uh, living facilities, for living spaces for people that are transitioning out of homelessness and uh, uh, ageism and different spaces in life when we know we have a crisis and prices of home, home living in houses today is insane. It's the reason that I decided to partner with them and they asked me to come on board. But we all have gigantic hearts for what's happening here. And one thing that I've always been a little bit taken aback by is that I, I think nonprofit work would go a lot better if they live with hearts more than head. And a lot of times it seems like nonprofits are consistently informing, 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 which is, and I, I see the need in the space, don't get me wrong, but hearing the stories of people that are participating in these places and getting those out in community better so that people can be moved we need to inspire forward our population so that they're engaged in this to a greater degree is really what my hope and prayer is that we find ways to hit people's emotions because we're in emotional spaces. Right? Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. We'll be back with the incredible Marsha Underwood as she leads off her next segment, talks about how she and her group are connected with the military and other things because she just loves her work. Frank Sinclair on the Be Encouraged show. Must have spent 35, 45,000 up in Tiffany's. Got a bad air, kids running around my whole crib like it's Chuck E. Cheese.
And we're back. <laughs> On the Pete Curry Show with Frank Sinclair. <laughs> it's hard to get five nonprofit humans together in one room and days and stop them from talking. Now, by the way, Tommy, when we leave today, you can leave the tie on the table, brother. Okay. That is a nice tie. It is a nice tie. Hook a brother up. It's a great tie. Pink brings out the mocha in the skins. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Liddell, ladies and gentlemen. Pink tie and all. He's just rocking it here today. Yeah. Miss Unruh, back to you and the Independence Center. Okay. And I cut you off. You've forgiven me. I, I have forgiven you, Frank. Yes. <laughs> I haven't forgotten, but I've forgiven you. So I think we're okay. <laughs> Tell us about uh, the Independence Center, uh, pain points of solving military space. Yes, I will. Love to. Um, so I am the daughter of a Korean War soldier, the widow of a Vietnam War veteran, and then a mother of an active duty Army soldier. Um, who's currently at Fort Huachuca doing some training before he heads back to Stuttgart. Where's Huachuca? Arizona. Huh. Like really close to the border. Is it? Very dry and nothing, nothing going on there. <laughs> I saw some training. There's nothing happening here. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> and so, so I joined the, um, the Independence Center in late 2015 to start the Veteran in Charge program. And what Veteran in Charge is, is veteran-directed care. And Dee talked about that earlier, about people making choices and decisions for what they want to do um, as, as, as they're dying or as they're aging. And so veteran-directed care is a contract from the VA. So I'm on contract with the VA, they pay for that. And it is veterans deciding what they want to do with the remainder of their lives. It's veterans who have disabilities who want to live in their home and community with appropriate services and supports to make sure that their needs are met. And, and they don't want to go to a nursing home. They don't want to go to an assisted living facility. They actually want to stay in their home and community. They're not going to leave unless they're in a pine box out the front door. That's simply the way that, that they are. They've decided, they've decided they want to live this way and they want to stay in their home until they pass. And so with, with veteran-directed care or the Veteran in Charge program, the veteran decides how they want to spend this pool of money, in essence, that the VA gives to them. And, and they give it to them. They actually, is retained by a fiscal management agency, so they don't get the funding, um, but they can decide how it's, how it's spent. So they can hire caregivers like they could hire their spouse, their son, their daughter, a neighbor, a good friend to provide care for them. And what we find that a lot of these caregivers are family members and, and some of them say, you know what, I, I don't want to be a caregiver anymore. I want to go back to being a son or a daughter or a wife. I'm not doing this caregiving thing. I want to hire somebody to help my spouse out. Um, and the other half say, wow, I had to quit a job to take care of my loved one and I can't pay the bills, I need, I need some kind of paycheck, and then they're getting paid for that. So we see probably about 40, 60, 60% of the family caregivers remain caregivers, 40% go and bring in somebody else. 
And so the veteran decides what they want to do. Um, they have to have assistance with activities of daily living, like bathing, dressing, eating, but that caregiver can also provide support such as transportation, taking him shopping, taking him to medical appointments, so all those things they can do with, with that caregiver. Um, we have some people that have Alzheimer's or dementia, and you're thinking, how can they, they self-direct that program? How can they run that? And in that case, we ask, ask sorry, for an authorized representative to come in and make those decisions for them. It's not paid, and it could be that spouse who doesn't want to be a caregiver. It could be a son, a daughter, a friend, or a neighbor. But they come in and they help the veteran run that program. Um, in addition to paying caregivers, they also have money set aside for goods and services. So if they need help mowing the lawn in the summer or maybe snow removal in the winter or a sit-to-stand chair because, gosh, those knees are killing me, you know, we can put that into their budget as well. Wow. Woo! I had no idea. It's a lot. It and is it's a, a lot. And it's an amazing program. And, and really, your eligibility, you know, depends on what kind of help you need in the home, but also being part of the VHA. So they have to have VA health benefits in order to get the program. Indeed. Yes, Marcia Unruh with the Independent Center, tell, talking about uh, a myriad of, of opportunities that you can have by engaging the program that she's in. We're running out of time, as you real, as you typically do with uh, this many humans uh, in one place, D. Um, <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> so I think as, uh, as we prepare to go out today, uh, our community really needs to know, number one, how to get a hold of you. So you need to give them information on reach uh, how to reach you. Uh, also, if you have any things coming up, events, things that our community needs to know about, uh, let's give those shout outs right now as well, uh, starting with you, Dee. Okay, so um, we are on online, Pikes Peak Hospice and Palliative Care, or you can reach us on our main line. We're available 24 hours, weekends, holidays at 719-633-3400. Um, something huge that we also do is we provide grief support for the community regardless if they were patients under services or not. We have um, our butterfly event on August 27th at 10 a.m. Um, we haven't been able to do this event in two years due to COVID, so we're very excited. So if you need more information, please reach out. What is a butterfly event? Can you give us just some Yes. Up? So butterfly mm -hmm. event is to commemorate um, all the lives lost in the years before. So we're going to actually cover two years since we haven't done it. Mm -hmm. And we release butterflies as your loved one's name is being um, mentioned in order to honor that spirit. Aww. Yes. And it's at the Secret Garden at 10 a.m. What, the, the 27th? The 27th of August. Yes. So, and it's open to the community as well. That's the weekend, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah. So sad. Okay. Twenty-seven. <laughs> Steve Fisher, Steve collects butterflies, so I'm I'm shouting out to him right now. Go to the butterfly event, dude. Yeah. So yeah, you might catch a few of those that are released. <laughs> oh no, that's not what we want. <laughs> we want them to fly. Or <laughs> <Why> not? <laughs> no, stay home, Steve. You might not be able to control yourself. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> he, might, he might not. Yeah. Yeah, Ms. Unruh, how do they reach you at the Independence Center? Um, our website is The Independence Center, 
or they can call our main number at 719-471-8181. And we have three amazing information and referral people who answer the phone. Uh, Grant, Joe, and Sandy really want to give a shout out to them. And all they have to do is say, I'm really interested in the Independence Center. I want to know more about the services you offer. And they will give you everything you need. Yeah, wonderful. All right, give them a shout at the Independence Center. All right, Tommy, you got anything to add to what Dee said? Yes. So, yeah, you can Good. reach us at our website, pikespeakhospice.org. Um, you can reach me personally if you have any questions about our VA program. Um, 306-2911 and then one of the other events that we're a part of with Silver Key is our Voices of Grief. Um, they have a speaker, Dr. Alan Wolfelt. Yes. He's going to be speaking the 28th and 29th. Um, it's going to be at the UCCS uh, ENT Center for the Arts um, on the 28th from 6.30 to 8.30 and the 29th from 9 to 3.30. So please feel free to come out to that and um, hear this, this doctor speak. Um, great words and uh, yeah. Um, many more events to come after that. Yeah, and that doctor that's coming is renowned. Yes. Yeah. This is not uh, just your, I mean, if you, the subject of grief is important to you, which it should be important to most of us because we all experience it to some level. I lost a daughter this year, um, so I know grief personally. Uh, come out and uh, support this and be a part of it. Uh, and get a hold of Tommy in case you want more information on that great event. Uh, Kate? Sure, Homefront Military Network, we can, you can reach us at 719-577-7417. That's our main line. Our, our email address is lo a lot to spell, but it's homefrontmilitarynetwork.org. It's our full name. That's the best way to reach us. We have other ways to get connected to. Um, our job is to promote all the events of all of our partner agencies. Our next event isn't until September, no, November, our Honoring the Brave Breakfast, which is a fundraiser as well as getting people the word out about what we do that'll be the 17th of november at the broadmoor more to follow on that but mostly we want to make sure people know how to reach out for services yeah home from care knows how to throw a shindy mm -hmm. and how often do we get to go to the broadmoor come on that's yes. right right <laughs> so kate's inviting you to the broadmoor reach out to them uh for the event in november i'll be there and we look forward to you joining us as well jason yes silverkey.org is our website and you can get a hold of us at info at silverkey.org via email or 719-884-2300 uh, what i will share with you is i'm really excited to announce that we have um, just acquired the senior center in the monument um, area the tri lakes area so it's tri lakes senior center and so we'll be having an event that's going to do a ribbon cutting announcing the um, the partnership in the mid-september time frame so we'll be getting more word out about that um, it really does expand us to be able to provide additional services to palmer lake black forest and monument that maybe we'd spend a little bit of gap for some individuals so we're really excited about those two agencies come, these two agencies coming together yeah, and talking about, you know, we're going to extend just for a moment here because I'm glad you brought that up, Jason. I want to dispel some myths right now because we have this thing in Colorado Springs, right? If you live in the southeast, you're absolutely poor. If you live in Monument, uh, Palmer Lake, those areas, and you're absolutely rich, and et cetera. So what are you telling these people who have bought into these myths that are sound about poor? Why do we need Silver Key's help in Monument? 
of all places. Yeah, the reason why it actually has nothing to do about whether people have means or don't have means. It really is about aging is all of us. The fact is, is that we're all aging. Doesn't matter what your social economic situation is, the residence, the doesn't matter about any of that. And so the quality services that Silver Key has available has available broad base, whether you're able to support that individually in paying or whether it's funded through some of the contracts that we have. We want to be able to provide solutions for people because aging is all of us. We want to be in the best city ever to age. And uh, certainly that is the reason why. Bam. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have hit that better, nice. my brother. I tell you, <laughs> CEO Jason can't pronounce last name <laughs> uh, from Silver Key. Domino, is that what you said? <laughs> I think that's what it was. <laughs> Just to help you out yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for a pizza, don't call him. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you all for being with us on Motivation Monday. That's what we call it here on Family Flavors to Slide. All of you have been a part of the Be Encouraged show with Frank Sinclair as we continually look for ways to uplift, bring hope and encouragement in our community through great voices that are telling you about the things that they do to support us collectively as a community. One of the great communities in the nation is the Pike Street region. I'm so proud to be a part of it, and I'm so proud to have friends like the five people that are sitting around the table today. Thank you all for being with us. We will see you next week. Don't forget to reach out to our partners at Family Flavors to slide and let them know that you're listening and the things that they have going on here so they can connect you better to our community. As we leave you today, we leave you with two words that stand at the forefront in everything that I do in my life and it's simply this be encouraged there's been so many things that's held us down but now it looks like things are finally coming around i know we've got a long long way to go and where we'll end up But we won't let nothing hold us back We're putting our show together We're polishing up our act And if you've ever been held down before I know you refuse to be held down anymore Don't you let nothing
Cause I ain't